bet you that the very thing we are going to talk about today is something that you do numerous times every single time you get into the saddle. However, it's also probably one of the things that you give the least or pay the least attention to in your riding. And hopefully after today, we can begin to change that a little bit. What are we talking about? Well, I'm talking about getting from walk to trot and back to walk again. Those old walk to trot transitions. And I think they need a little bit more love and attention. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Hi there, my name is Lauren and I'd like to welcome you to Daily Strides here from Strides for Success where we create these audio horse riding lessons that you can download and you can listen to when you are riding your own horse. It's a little reminder in your ear, step-by-step instructions as to how to do different things. Every week we talk about a, are we going to choose a, a certain theme and then we work around it for the week with generally the Monday. This lesson is an overview and then we actually go step by step through it for the rest of the week so as you can begin riding it correctly with your horse um, and well not everything happens overnight but I think if you have a little consistent well I suppose a voice in your ear helping you out you'll get there a lot quicker. Uh, before I go I want to quickly invite you to pop over to strivesforsuccess.com uh, we do have a special going on right now um, and there's more information there on the website the other thing you can do is pop to stridesforsuccess.com forward slash webinar we are running two more webinars this week and I would love you to join us so yeah enough about that let us get on with today so I said that you probably do this every single time you ride and like really and truly what normally happens is you're walking along you kind of need to trot for whatever reason and you maybe walk a little faster a couple of steps of jig jog and then woohoo five or seconds later you are trotting yeah that is not really the best way to do that and I wouldn't say it in any way sets you up for a great trot or it sets you up then for whatever you actually want to achieve in your trot. I'm not sure as to why we pay so little attention to this transition it's possibly because it's one of the first transitions that we come across when we're learning to ride and so we kind of think it's easy and it doesn't really it's not worth Um, spending our time on it or investing some time is it or maybe it's because the trot is actually a little bit bouncy to begin with so we're not that careful in trying to actually create a smooth transition to get in there but whatever the reason is it is so overlooked and it's actually such a pity because when you begin to pay attention to how nicely and how well you can ride this transition and not just walk to trot but also trot to walk you'll actually change the whole experience in the saddle and not only that your communication with your horse will also just become much much better because it's a transition that you can actually begin to really measure the responsiveness that you and your horse have with each other as you're going so the next time you are on your horse or if you're on your horse right now I want you to begin questioning a little bit the quality of your walk is your horse listening to you is he is he maybe doing his own thing a little bit or is he really really concentrating what you're doing while you're riding there and what you're asking him to do Uh, are you having to like kick on there is nothing as bad as riding a horse that you have to kick every two strides 
Do you, are you having to kick on all the time? Is he not walking forward by himself? Because if he's not, that is a big problem. Um, maybe your connections, are they all equal? What I mean by that is that you have your horse equally between your leg and your hand but not only that you have him equally uh, distributed I suppose between both hands and also there's an equal distribution between both legs as well really important and especially for the downward transition we'll speak about that a little bit later Uh, but also an actual plan for what you want to happen now I know we're all guilty of that every now and then we get on our horse and we get into the arena and Well, we don't plan anything and often the walk to trot and the trot to walk transition is a victim of this lack of planning that uh, we sometimes as riders tend to, well, we enjoy doing. So it's going to take time, first of all, to begin to prepare this nice transition. And I think that's really, really important to, to note there. It's the preparation that goes into it. But before you begin even thinking about the transition... I think it's important to make sure that your horse is actually listening to you and that he is going nicely in the walk, essentially, okay? So make sure you've got a nice forward-going walk. It's moving somewhere, okay? Now, the next thing you want to make sure of here is that your horse is actually listening to your aids. And what I mean by that is that when you say trot, he says, okay. He doesn't say, I will now in a minute. Just now, just now, just now. Oh, maybe. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll trot for you now then. If you're going to keep harping on about it, you must say trot. He says, yes, ma'am. And he should move on underneath you. That is really, really important. Okay. If your horse is a little bit dead to your leg, I suggest carrying a schooling whip and you have, and it's really important, you have to be really consistent with that. Every time you ask with the leg and he does not respond, you back it up straight away with the school whip. And make sure that you're backing up behind your leg. Your horse needs to realize there's an association between him ignoring your leg and him getting tapped with the stick behind your leg, okay? It always surprises me how many people whack the thing over the butt or even worse, whack it on the shoulder. The horse is thinking, why are you doing that? has to be a school and that's why a school whip's great you don't have to take your hand off the rein and so you can just a little flick of your wrist and you can give him a little tap there just to back it up now you might find that maybe the first couple of times you do that he might shoot forward a little bit that's okay just be prepared for that to happen so you don't catch him we don't want to tell him he's wrong now and punish him for what he's doing he is essentially right but what you will find is usually it only takes two or three times and then he'll be more than happy to listen to your leg now sometimes horses are the exact opposite way you put your leg on and then they shoot forward like like a rocket launcher underneath you okay this is often down to you training your horse to do this okay um we done a whole week on this a while ago about how you can begin to maybe get your horse a little bit more used to your legs and how it's often the fact that we don't use our legs when we're supposed to be using them we only use them for certain things that our horses begin to uh, get a little bit hot off of our legs so really really important that you're consistent with that and by the way when your leg is relaxed there should be no daylight between it and your horse's sides okay that's really important and also have a look at your seat now sometimes when a horse is sensitive Uh, He might still be sensitive to your leg, but what you can do is you can begin, sensitive horses generally then pick up on the seat aids a lot quicker. So where you can begin to really maybe get to know your seat, get to realize what you can do and how you can give these smaller, more subtle indications to your horse. 
uh, about what you're looking for and then he'll be able to respond to that as well so yeah be really really mindful about your seat now you also have to think about the flow what do I mean by this so think about allowing this energy to flow underneath you okay and the thing is the trot is often very bouncy like we all know that um but unfortunately what a lot of riders tend to do is that in almost anticipation of this bounciness that they're going to experience they almost like clamp down they clamp everything down they turn into a big vice grip on their horse's back that does not that is not conducive to flow okay and what generally tends to happen is your horse then will begin to get very hollow and he'll actually begin to get very choppy and all that's happened is the energy can't then flow from the back end underneath you to the front end so he ends up going into a little bit like front wheel drive he's pulling himself along with the front end which means that the front end can never really get the sort of movement that it's supposed to have which is this lovely flowing kind of sweeping steps i suppose for want of a better word um, and it becomes very choppy but not only that it actually becomes even bouncier on the rider and the very thing that the rider is trying to avoid they're actually just creating more of by sitting there like the big nutcracker on top of their horse okay so i want you to try and think about when you're asking for this upward transition from the walk to the trot that first of all you're ready for the trot you're going to move with your horse when it happens but secondly that you're allowing it to happen you're relaxing of you're carrying yourself you're not clamping down kind of going oh dearie me i hope i don't get bounced off today you're not going to get bounced off okay you need to just sit up and you need to allow your horse to trot on really really important just focus on carrying yourself in the trot when your horse is asked to go into the trot okay think about this imagine if you can imagine that you're walking around your horse is actively walking forward and that's really important we're always here about forward um when we're talking about horse riding but really and truly your horse if your horse is not going forward in the walk it doesn't matter what you do the transition is not going to be very good okay so everything of course is always or will only be as good as what has led up to it and the same applies that's why a bad transition will then ruin your trot maybe not ruin it but it's certainly going to think of it this way that every time you go into trot you have to spend maybe the first five or six strides trying to sort everything out again rather than just being able to go into trot and automatically just being in this lovely nice free-flowing trot where your horse is just gracefully bouncing along and you're moving along with him okay really really important to keep that in mind so we said you have to think about the energy being allowed to move forward or move underneath you when you're going up a gear now the same applies for coming back down a gear okay but we're just going to reverse it a little bit but I want you instead of thinking about holding the energy or controlling it I want you to more think about channeling it or influencing it so as you your horse will just naturally step down into the walk okay if you can imagine I know this sounds really strange but have you ever watched a bird not a not a little bird a big bird like a goose or a duck have you ever watched them landing they're flying along and they land and they'll just bring it back a little bit and then they literally step onto the ground they don't fall onto it they don't collapse onto it they bring things back up and then they i mean bring the front of their body up and then they'll just step very gently onto it your horse when you're thinking about a downward transition i do realize your horse is not a duck or a goose um but 
when you're thinking about that downward transition, I want you to try and think about that same nice, elegant stepping into the transition, but not only that, that lightness in front, okay? Um, now we're all going to be thinking about our horses as ducks as we ride. Your horse is not a duck. But you want the elegance is what we're going with here, that lovely lightness as he comes down into it. Now, one of the things that I see a lot when people are going into downward transitions is that they get really heavy in the saddle. Um, I think there's a, a kind of a, a little bit of a, maybe a miscommunication going on there between a half halt and what a half halt really is. And instead of maybe influencing their horse with their seat, people begin to get heavy. And all it does is that you'll actually see the horse's back will duck out underneath them because, well, it's a little bit uncomfortable. But not only that, once the horse's back ducks out, his hind end tends to fall out behind him and his front end. So if you can imagine that your horse's back, um, it definitely loses its suspension qualities uh, there with you on it. And the front end kind of comes out, the back end comes out, the head and neck generally come up as well, okay? So rather than that happening, just think about as your horse is coming into the transition that you're carrying yourself and that you're allowing your horse to step his back end underneath him so as he can step down into the walk, okay? Really important. Now, again, you can begin using your seat, but what's also really important, well, with any transition, but particularly with the trot to walk transition, is the usage of your half halts before the transitions and also the fact that you have you're I suppose even with all your aids and what I mean is that you're not overly using um, maybe your right rein more so than your left rein or your right leg more so than your left leg because it's in that downward transition there's a lot of potential there for your horse to become crooked through the transition so you want to make sure that your horse remains straight and this goes for without saying whether you're on a circle or you're on a straight line you do need that straightness and all I mean there is that his um well it's more his front ends in front of his back end but for an easier picture, we'll say his back end's following his front end, okay? So you need them to be straight, that his, uh, his left legs and his right legs are in a straight line and they are following each other. Really, really important with that. Now, the other thing that often happens with a downward transition is that riders tend to become a little bit over-enthusiastic with the usage of their reins and they begin to pull and then you'll have people that complain say oh you know my horse he wants to pull me into the walk but meanwhile the horse is only doing that because the rider initiated the tug of war so it's really important that you think of your hands again as only influencing it they're not controlling it they're influencing it really really important <laughs> it's not a handbrake you have up there eh so keep that in mind all the time okay and then lastly i just want to say that all of this is wonderful when you begin to use it consistently however as soon as you get to a point where you only do this when you're in the arena or perhaps you'll only do it on certain days because there's other days where you're just well you're relaxing you're chilling out that is where the lines tend to become a little bit blurred between what you're asking and how you're communicating it with your horse. So it's really, really important that you're consistent all the way through on this. Guys, this week on Daily Strides, we are going to be covering this. We're going to be going, as I say, step-by-step step through it over the next coming days. And that is both our upward transition, so our walk to trot, and then also our downward transition. We're going to be riding different exercises all day long. 
Once again, I'd love you to come join us um, over at stridesforsuccess.com. You can sign up for the webinar there. Um, we would love to have you with us. Uh, so if you feel so inspired to do so, please do. I hope you have a really, really super day and I'll chat to you all soon. Be good. Bye. Bye.